listening to The Big Lift, the podcast of Web Trends Optimize, the CRO solution that enables marketers and developers to maximize the ROI from their digital properties. Web Trends Optimize is a powerful, feature-rich, and easy-to-use solution, all delivered within a fixed-price contract, with no additional cost for increased functionality, ever. During these podcasts, we meet some of the key influencers within the testing and conversion world to understand their roles and examine their challenges. Today, we're in conversation with our product director, Sandeep Shah, about his role in pre-sales meetings with potential clients. Sandeep joined us a couple of years after gaining his degree in computer science from Brunel University. And over the last eight years, he's become the go-to guy around all things technical within our business. So you wouldn't normally expect the product director to attend pre-sales meetings. But here at WebTrends Optimize, we believe that our prospective clients value his input and that in turn helps build strong ongoing relationships. So Sandeep, I know you do pre-sales along with both client services work and our own product development. So what makes pre-sales so different? Yeah, it's it's very different. Um, the in- intensity and the, the stakes on the line, I think, are probably one of the obvious things where they differ from each other. Um, it's not lost on me what tens or hundreds of thousands of pounds as as our contracts can be um, mean to a team uh, that you're trying to employ and keep in work, uh, what they mean to a growing business. Um, All all these things are important. And, you know, especially when you're at a director level, you you are very aware of all of these kind of things. Um, That the skills that you apply are, I guess, fairly similar in either of those scenarios. You know, you're you're still expected to listen to people, um, adopt a decent understanding of what it is they're after, try and build some solutions for them, help solve their problems. Um, but instead of doing it to people who you've been working with for six months or several years even, uh, you're doing it to a room of mostly strangers uh, with very little kind of, I'll come back to you in a few days once we work it out. Very much a on the spot. We need an answer, and you you've really got to be on top of your game for however long you're in that room. Is is pre sale something that that you you really enjoy? Part of the role? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it is by far the single most challenging thing I do. Um, every every aspect of the role, I guess, brings something different for it. Um, on the product side, I guess you have the freedom to sit there and think openly about what the right thing is and undertake work, which might sit with you for several weeks. But in pre-sales, it, it literally is who is the sharpest person. Can can you understand people better than anybody else can? And do you understand the technology well enough to come up with solutions that they're either not thinking about or that they're sorely in need of? Because to to some degree, you're the face of the company, obviously, when you're out there. You're the person who is, who's seen as the guy with all the knowledge. Does that add extra pressure? <laughs> yes, it does. Um, back, back when I first started doing these, which were probably going back about four or five years now, um, it was terrifying, um, especially if, if you imagine the, the stereotypical developer you know i'm uh, fairly introverted not not that chatty with people uh much more focused around doing things than just 
having a chat and I'm not into football, so you know we're not like sitting there having a chat about the game from last night or whatever. Um, and and there are skills which yeah you you need for pre-sales those kind of interpersonal ones which were fairly new to me, but you know the pressure of not just performing from a technical level when you are the technical resource there, um, but also can you get along with people and. That side of things is almost as important, I think, as the solution that you put forward. You know, people want to see that you can work with them. And if they don't feel like they can, um, that alone is enough to to rule you out the picture as well. So having been involved in um, sales process myself, I know that we're not a company that delivers a PowerPoint presentation from slide one to 50 and go through it all. Could you just step through the process that you kind of find most comfortable and actually delivers the best results? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, we, we still have slides, but they're, they're more about supporting material for discussion than they are, you know, here is us having thought of everything and we just want to talk at you for an hour. Um, when when we enter the room, I think the first 10, 15 minutes, probably longer if we can manage, um, is just trying to understand what people's problems are. Um, that's why we're there at the end of the day and the more people divulge to us um the more we're able to help them if, if i don't know what your problems are then sure i can talk to you and tell you how great our tool is but you know that's that's only worth so much whereas if i understand exactly what your problems are what you're struggling with why other tools might not be working for you then it becomes a lot easier to say right to address your very specific problem here's how we deal with that scenario so um, when you're actually in a meeting, I'm sure that you go into a meeting with certain preconceptions. And I'm sure from the other side, our prospective clients have some preconceptions. What are the ones that really people have um, sitting in their heads, which they believe that's, you know, we can't do anything about? Yeah, there are oh, there are some awful ones, um, which which again comes down to choice of tooling and when you're reading Yahoo Answers or, you know, some help pages and, and you get the not-so-wisdom of the crowd almost. Um, site speed is is an interesting one because it comes up in most sales pitches that we do. Um, and people are asking about site speed, getting at the problem, which tends to be content flickering. You know, when that's really bad, everybody notices it's terrible for UX. Um, so they're asking about site speed and trying to differentiate between 50 and 60 milliseconds or something and saying, oh, you know, this, you know, these extra two kilobytes don't really seem necessary or something like that. Um, in reality, the problem is content flickering, and that's nothing to do with site speed, really. Content flickering is a tag architecture problem. Um, so it's, it's, you know, trying to understand the root of why people are asking certain things um, and where they think, you know, certain things are normal. Just trying to both point it out to them, convince them and do it well enough, thoroughly enough that they can appreciate what we do and that it's not just another sales guy. That approach, we, you know, we, we've got away from a while ago. We're not that kind of glossy slick haired you know <laughs> salesman from the from 10 or 20 years ago we don't do that 
um, it is consultative and we're, we're trying to educate people, I think is, is probably the, the big one. You know, when we do that and there is a reception to it, we know we're doing well. So that's obviously in a good scenario, you manage to get over to the, to the prospective client that, you know, what we've got is a, is a good product. But have you ever been in a situation where you've struggled to gain that rapport, where you feel that the conversation hasn't flowed? And if, if you have done that, how have you managed to overcome that? Oh, it's happened more than a few times. Um, it, it really depends on who you're in the room with. Um, we've been in rooms sometimes where we'll ask questions and get no response. Um, sometimes, you know, if, if you're in a room with two or three people at most, it's very easy to have a direct conversation where you get to look one person in the eye and get information out of them. Um, the, the more difficult pitches we've done are ones where there's 10, 15 people in the room and everybody feels like they can blend in and not be singled out. So you're sat there kind of explaining something and saying, does it make sense? And it just falls on deaf ears almost. Um, getting around that is is a challenge, I think. The, the more questions you ask, the more you try and single people out where you can and say, look, explain your problems to me because that, that's what we're there to, to do at the end of the day. Um, the more information you manage to pry from people, the better a job we can do in in these sales meetings so um given that you've been doing this for quite some time now sitting in the pre-sales seat let's call it that um there must be probably dozens of questions that you know the answers to are you still in a situation where you're still getting a couple of questions where you haven't quite got the answer um it, it happens less and less nowadays um if you'd have asked me that question four years ago, then absolutely. You know, I used to walk away from every single engagement with clients, whether it's pre-sales, whether it's client services work, and say, oh, there's another thing I didn't know the answer to that I'm going to have to go away and learn about. Um, but when you're in, you know, most most sales pitches that we do for several years, um, and, you know, because I'm involved in so much on the other side of things as well, there's knowledge I naturally have, not just from being in the sales pitch or having to go away and look something up, but because I'm actually building the product, you know, these are things I should already have the answer to. Um, so it happens less. Still, still the occasional curveball. Um, sometimes, again, that comes down to understanding the motivation why are you asking that question? Why is it even important? You know, if if after several years of doing this, people are asking you very obscure things, sometimes it, it is important to understand why. Um, and that normally unlocks the, the answer to the, the problem anyway. So just a little outside of your role is, uh, you know, kind of pre-sales support. You're also the product director that looks after um, product releases and things like that. Do you take the learnings and the questions that you're getting from these kind of pre-sales meetings to look towards building extra features and functionality into the product? Oh, like, absolutely. Um, ha having been with the company over its couple of incarnations over the last eight years now, 
we went from a place where our our old uh, remote engineering team was very distanced from clients and customers. Um, there are things we very sorely needed, which never got built. So taking the reins of that side of things about three, four years back, um, there was no doubt in my mind that things would be different. Nowadays, I walk away from a sales pitch, even in a sales pitch, we make it very clear to people, the reason I'm there is not just to answer their questions. But if they have genuine feedback, I want to be the first person to hear it. Um, if valid, I need to understand it well enough so I can go away and deal with that problem immediately. Um, that's that's the reason we 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 work to two week sprints, but I'm not planning a six month roadmap of ideas. Um, despite several people asking me for one, um, if I get a worthwhile suggestion from someone today. I want that to be built in the next sprint or at most one sprint further down the line. I don't want it to be set in a backlog for three months while we decide it's important to us. Um, We're not short of things to do. It doesn't take long to plan most of the things that we want to do or to build them. Um, But, you know, if I walk away from a meeting, I either want to be able to build it myself, as I have done on the train ride home after having um, been in some of these pitches and, and thought, that's important, it's urgent, and I have the power to deal with it now. Um, and being a dev definitely helps on that side of things. You know, you at least feel capable of solving these problems firsthand. Um, but also having a really, really short roadmap. So, uh, you know, when, when these things come up, you go, right, okay, thank you for the suggestion, number one, but it will be dealt with quickly. And sometimes we've had feedback even from existing customers where within a day will go, oh, by the way, we've just hit release and that should be with you soon. Um, there, there are these kind of things and that that it's not, <laughs> I hate the word agile sometimes, like, oh, we're so agile, but being truly agile means no matter what you're in the middle of, you should be able to bend and flex and deal with things. And that that's what we're trying to make happen. So it sounds like it's it's almost the ultimate 360 degree customer feedback you sit in front of a potential customer they come up with an idea you help build that idea you take it back to the customer and hopefully that customer then starts to use it and gives you feedback with regard to how good or how bad or how indifferent which is absolutely fantastic but just going back to the actual meetings that you were involved in um, I'm sure that every meeting doesn't go as well as expected Without naming any company names, <laughs> yeah. what, if any, have been disasters? Uh, a few over the years. Um, you know, we, we've had sales pitches where, you know, I remember being in a, so there was a meeting with me, one of our sales guys, and one person from a client where uh, we were pitching for basically large you know, a large multinational giant well-known brand kind of contract, you know, it was huge. And we're meeting with the experimentation lead and about 10 minutes into the meeting, they go, oh, something's broken on our side and the guy needs to get up and leave. And he was gone for 45 minutes, I think, you know, of, of our sales pitch. And we're just sat there and it's like, what, what are we doing here? Um, when you're, when you're sat in a sales pitch, just waiting for people to come up. Uh, yeah, that's that's very different 
um, I, I would almost call it a disaster, except that it turned out okay and, and we did okay at the end of it. Um, but it was not good. We have technical issues as well. Um, I remember being in one. <laughs> remember being in one of these pitches where it was like these, you know, gorgeous, brand new, refurbed offices, glass, everything. Um, giant TVs on the wall, two big 60-inch ones, I think, in a, a little meeting room. And we try and get them to work. Uh, didn't work, couldn't work it out. Um, three different sets of IT people walking into our meeting in the middle of a conversation and saying, oh, we're just here to have a look at this and try and get it working for you. And, you know, in, in the course of an hour and a half or so, it's just hugely, you know, a massive distraction. Um We've had that. We've had fire alarms. If you can imagine London office buildings, quite high, 10, 15 stories, and having to evacuate um, the entire building because it was a fire drill, I think. Um, but yeah, literally evacuated the whole thing. Uh, we ended up doing the pitch at a pub uh, just just a couple of doors down in the end, which, yeah, not, not too bad, actually. <laughs> Probably a bit happier um, there than in an office. The, the informal setting actually really helps. Again, you know, once once people are able to relax a bit and you get to talk to them, that that's where you get what you want out of them. You know, that's that's what we're after. Yeah, that's where you learn all the little secrets and the little desires that they have that they're not necessarily going to talk about in the meeting. But um, Sandeep, it's been great. We're just running over our time allocated. Really, real big thank you for um, sparing some time, especially when we're all running around and so busy uh, during the COVID-19 uh, epidemic. I, I'd like, if I may, to um, go back and, and spend another 15 minutes with you at some future point in time, talking about the development side, if I may. Um, but Sandeep, thanks again. It's been really a pleasure and um, I'm sure we'll speak again. Yeah. Cheers, John. Talk to you later.